the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of the Wall Street Business Network, this station, its management, owners, or advertisers, and should not be construed as legal, tax, or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. The Wall Street Business Network presents Rob Black and Your Money, your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finances, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800-516-1220. So call in. We'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now, to start your day with the latest news and market commentary, here's Rob Black on the Wall Street Business Network. Thanks for listening to the show. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. We're in the latter stages of July, which basically means... We're seven months into the year. We're heading down the stretch. There's some drama. There's some drama. China stocks tanked more than 8% in Asian sell-off. Stock market's not doing great this year. It's doing meh. Sideways sometimes is not down. And sideways sometimes can be the pause that refreshes. I am doing an event Thursday evening to talk about income and retirement with CFP Chad Burgett. I will be talking about some things that I'm going to be currently doing in the next couple of months as we start ramping up towards higher interest rates. What's your strategy? It's been a glorious six years on Wall Street. If you've been invested, you've made money. And if you haven't made money, you're financially doing something very, very wrong and maybe even stupid. I got an email from a guy this week that went out of his way to tell me, you know, how he loves buying real estate and he's buying some real estate in Stockton. I'm like, fine. There's not one growth catalyst in Stockton, not one, other than it's cheap. And that to me basically says you can't afford proper real estate. You're going for real estate that kind of falls into your category of you're a small fish. You're not a big fish pond player. And that's when you get into trouble. Same thing with stocks. You could own great companies like Nike or Disney, which have had great runs. They're not going to get you into a lot of trouble. Even in a down market, you know that those brands are going to be A-OK. Now, with that concept out there, there's penny stocks that will get you into trouble. Yes, you can hit a home run, but it's very similar to Stockton. There's not a lot of catalysts out there other than you know foolishness. I own a rental in North Carolina, which quite honestly isn't the greatest market for new home appreciation or home appreciation. It's a great market for renters. So sometimes you have to say, okay, I'm going to have the renter pay my mortgage or I'm going to have the renter pay for my kid's college or I'm going to have that renter 
you know, uh, hopefully I can get a renter in there for four or five years who's kind of easy please, doesn't make a lot of waves, and ride that for a while. There's some markets where you could buy homes and do very, very well. Uh, we're getting ready for a transition. The Federal Reserve seems to be, I hate to say this, hell-bent on um, raising rates. And for better or for worse, now they're saying they're going to take it slower. They have a meeting this week. So we will get some you know, press release stuff from them. Uh, it'll be you know, something to take a look at. So I'm going to do an event Thursday night talking about some of this transition and, and also transitioning to income and retirement. It's at the Los Gatos Hotel, or it's the Toll House Hotel in Los Gatos, California. Beautiful hotel. Wonderful restaurant. Um, so I get there typically pretty early and, you know, if you want to have a beer. Uh, I love that. That's the kind of way I like to you know, do a quick meeting per se. The market's opened way lower on the Chinese market drop. Now they've been fighting back. SP 500 is now down just five. Dow's down 83. Nasdaq down 21. There's, you know, China, and you're like, I don't care about China. Yeah, you do. If you own shares of companies like Apple, you do. Um, if you're Taylor Swift or you're selling $60 T-shirts, you do. A down stock market typically means a loss of confidence, and that could play into the economy. So confusion reigning in China's stock market today. You need to be, you know, thinking about things like this. Uh, investors are concerned and lost, and when you're concerned and lost um, due to a distorted market, it, you can't really have confidence going on in spending. And you've heard about China for years being this, you know, manufacturing economy, manufacturing economy, manufacturing economy. Um, but you haven't really heard a lot about the main consumers, and they're trying to make that the case. But it's a tough transition. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Um, other big stories of note, Amazon had a blowout week last week. Uh, I think they're an important retailer. I think they are slowly but surely passing Walmart in a lot of metrics. Um, they had a 20% revenue growth. $23.2 billion. Their AWS, their Amazon Web Services, lets small developers start without buying a lot of computers, without buying a lot of bandwidth. And uh, that component of their business is, is growing nicely. Uh, but there's kind of a race to zero there, too, which is concerning. Shares of Amazon are up 55% this year. company reported net loss over the past 12 months, so it doesn't really have a good P.E. ratio, price-to-earnings ratio, where you can say, how do I value this company? And yet analysts continue to have an outperform on the stock. 18-month price target of $615 is what the consensus is. That's about 14% upside. If I can get 14% over the next 12 to 18 months, I'd take it. That's a pretty good number. In a stock market, that's kind of flat to sideways. Walmart's overall sales are much bigger than Amazon's. Um, this is unprecedented. But now the market cap has now swung into Amazon's favor. Walmart's online sales were about $12.2 billion last year. Amazon's $89 billion, even though Amazon has about one twentieth of Walmart's total scale. Its online business is growing faster overall. Online shopping has also been consistently seen as a bigger sales surge than brick and mortar. Um, plus, you know, if Amazon doesn't have all the stores that Walmart has, Amazon's not paying the rents on those stores, um, which is worthy of note. Now, Walmart isn't just sitting idly by waiting to be destroyed. No. 
they're pumping a lot of money into e-commerce, but it's still not really clicking as well as they want it to. Amazon, for the record, has announced that they're going to start drive-through groceries in Silicon Valley. And that doesn't make a lot of sense to me. I still like going to the grocery store. I tend to remember some things that I forgot at home. Um, but I like the idea. And does it catch on? I don't know. But I like that the company tries to figure out some new stuff. Apple has starting to pick up some chatter right now about them teaming up with BMW to build an electric car. The i3, which is a lovely little vehicle. Um, there's, you know, Apple's being headed up right now their car division by a guy named Steve Zadesky, which is a veteran of Ford. He helped develop the iPod. Uh, there have also been reports Zadesky has been visiting Austria to find a manufacturer to work with. Apple has made numerous hires in the automotive hardware business in the last 12 to 18 months. Um, John Ireland, who worked at Tesla, and before that as a researcher at Ireland's National Renewable Energy Laboratory. David Perner, who previously worked as an engineer on hybrid engines at Ford. So clearly they've got something going on there in their thoughts. Industry chatter is growing. Fiat Chrysler uh, said Tim Cook was interested in intervention in the car following a meeting that they had. It's significant in itself that a CEO met with Cook. And it kind of gels, you know, the whole automotive thing gels with ideas coming out of Apple. Um, it's the ultimate, ultimate mobile device. And you've heard Zion Chief Jonathan Ivey, you know, complaining about American cars for years. So it's not inconceivable. Inconceivable. Um, big event coming up this Thursday, building a retirement portfolio that lasts the Toll House Hotel, 140 South Santa Cruz Avenue. Lovely location. It takes a little time to get there, so plan on it because traffic can be kind of rough on Thursdays at that time. Get there a little early. I'll be there a little early. Come meet me. Um, maybe have a beer. You can sign up for the event at robblack.com. It's going to be all about reducing risk with diversification, bond alternatives, asset classes that you should use in retirement accounts versus taxable accounts, how to rebalance a portfolio in retirement and create tax-efficient distributions, much, much more. I'm going to go over some holdings and why in current market conditions. I'm Rob Black. You can sign up for the event at robblack.com. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW. Welcome back in, Rob Black and Your Money. I'm Rob Black, talking money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening to the show. I have a big event coming up Thursday evening at the Toll House Hotel in Los Gatos from 6 to 9, 6.30 to 9. Get there a little bit early if you can, because traffic can be a little bit of a nightmare down in Los Gatos at that time of the day. It's all about reducing risk and with diversification, bond alternatives, retirement products that make sense, bond retirement um, retirement products that don't make any sense. Uh, we're going to hit all of this and much, much more. Asset classes, which ones to be in, how to diversify, the right use of ETFs. Retirement's tricky. I don't want to run out of money in retirement. Really, really bad. Let's bring in CFP Chad Burton to talk a little bit about this. How are you, Mr. Burton? Excellent. How are you? You know, I do have a fear, and you know that What's I'm financially pretty well off. 
you know that I'm financially pretty well off, that I still have a fear about income and retirement. Do you have that fear? Um, well, you know, I'm used to have I've been doing this planning for the last 23 years. So rather than having a fear, you have a plan. And uh, but I get it because you're always focused on the accumulation phase. And when yep. you quit working, you're not feeding this portfolio anymore. You're you're feeding it's feeding you. So you have a limited resource, and you got to make it last. And it is, um, <clears throat> you know, the market's been doing great. But interest rates are so historically low right now in terms of for investors. It's great for real estate, right? But for sure. grandma and grandpa, for mom and dad, it's tough when your CDs are paying 1% versus 4 or 5% like they were, you know, in 2005 even. So you'll be at this event, and we're going to be talking about building a retirement portfolio. Um, let's talk about a planned deal with sequence of returns risk. What's that even mean? Well, sequence of returns risk, I mean, there's, there's examples that, you, that, that I've given in the past, and I'll give one even at the event, where when people retired in the 80s, um, the first part of the 80s was pretty rough. Uh, you had high inflation. You had the Federal Reserve trying to break the backs of inflation. Interest rates were going up, and it took a while to do that. So the first part of the 80s was pretty rough on portfolios. But then we had one of the longest-running bull markets in history, and so pr people that retired with the correct amount of money and drew 4 or 5% by the end of 35 years, they've, they've actually – they have more money than they started with. But if you take those returns and flip them over, just a mirror image of those returns where the really good returns come first and the poor returns come later in your retirement years, it's actually much, much worse. And the reason why, there's just – a little bit of math behind it. If you start out in retirement and you're spending, you know, $100,000 a year to live, 20 years from now you're spending $200,000 a year to live. So when your compounded expenses are being withdrawn from your portfolio as it starts to decline in value, it just it's a it's a mathematical nightmare and it causes you to run out of money quicker because the bad returns come later when you're drawing even more money. So to deal with that sequence of returns, you have to have a plan, and that plan really is a big focus of the event is you know, how much safe money do you have to get through bad markets and how to rebalance your portfolio because the market you know, ebbs and flows. If you look at the rolling returns of different decades, there's been decades when we have, we've had average annual returns for 10 years well over 13%, and then there's been decades when it's been under 5 so you have to make sure you're always peeling the growth, replenishing your cash, and having the right amount of cash to get through the bad times. Okay. Um, let's you know, flesh this out a little bit more. And Again, we're talking about a retirement portfolio that will pay you income, hopefully, till the day you die. Maybe leave a little left over so you get through the rough patches for sure. Let's talk about plans with interest rates. Uh, mm -hmm. We're moving into the latter part of the year. And the Fed has said, hey, the economy keeps doing okay. We're probably going to raise interest rates maybe as early as September of this year. How do yep. interest rates play into retirement portfolios per se as far as changing times? Well, I think the biggest piece that has changed is advice on two different areas. And one area is retirees paying off their homes. Um, you get to a certain point in life, let's say you're way through your amortization schedule on your home loan and you're not getting that much interest deduction for it once you retire and once you do very detailed cash flow projections, projections and which include how much am I going to pay in taxes every year, and you know you're 
way too overweight in stocks as you go into retirement and you say, okay, well, I'm going to sell some of those stocks. I'm going to go invest in bonds or CDs. Well, as interest rates rise, that might not be the best idea in your situation. It may, but in many cases, it may not be. And so there's been more times in the last two years, Rob, that I've had people pay off their mortgages than I did in the first 23 years of the business. Um, so it, it's because that delta between your after-tax cost of your loan and what bonds are paying out there is not a lot, which I think we're going to slowly eke up in interest rates. But everybody from Wells Fargo to you know just about any economist thinks we're going to be lower for longer, lower interest rates than expected for a longer period of time. We have kind of mediocre global economic growth that is growing, which is good for the markets. Um, but it just it's not going to be a time where we you know, drastically overweight in bonds anytime soon. So that's one thing. And then dealing with bond alternatives, things like no-load annuity products that have guaranteed income for life, and the guarantees are only based on as good as the insurance company is, so you have to be careful. And you only want no-load products that are out there where you can invest in a balanced portfolio, and if the portfolio ever runs out of zero, the insurance or ever goes to zero, the insurance company's on the hook. There's only a few good ones out there. Most of the bond alternatives that people think hear about from you know brokers or commission-based advisors are garbage. So that's why we kind of deal with uh, good retirement products, bad retirement products when we're trying to deal with a, a period of low interest rates that'll probably last at least the next five years. We've got about two minutes. Let's talk about building a retirement portfolio that lasts. Big event coming up at the Toll House Hotel Thursday from 6:30 to 9. You and I are both going to be running this. Let's talk about longevity rest. I think my yep. fear of, of income planning is that I live too long, and it gets more and more expensive as longer you live. It is. So you want at least 30% of your income into coming from areas that you can't outlive, and let's say that's Social Security. So one part of that is strategies for couples to max out Social Security or even individuals. How do you max it out with file and suspend strategies and restricted application strategies that if one of you lives till you're 95 years old, you're talking dollars $200,000 extra out of Social Security if you do the payments right. So that's one thing is maximizing Social Security. It also kind of plays into the bond alternatives that we're talking about. So you have some of the, you know, your income coming from places that you can't outlive. So longevity is an issue. I mean, we're, the advances that are coming in, in the medical field are, are pretty phenomenal. And, you know, you also have to deal with the sequence of spending risks. That's the final one to talk about today. And this is one Quickly. which – which really, you know, if you don't know what your spending is going to be and you overspend in the first five to ten years of retirement, you are going to really mess up your chances of a successful retirement. So knowing your spending, knowing home remodels, new cars, and helping kids and things like that is very important. Thanks very much. That's CFP Chad Burton. You can meet him Thursday evening in Los Gatos at the Toll House Hotel, 630 to 9. We're both running an event called Building a Retirement Portfolio that lasts. This is super important. You don't want to run out of money in retirement. A lot of things are going to be covered. Current market conditions, bond alternatives, asset classes, rebalancing a portfolio. You can sign up for the event at robblack.com. That's robblack.com. That's this Thursday at the Toll House Hotel in Los Gatos.
Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Retailers are starting to copy Costco and Amazon. Where you get someone to pay a fee, they're more likely to come back and use your product. Um, Members-only programs. Google, Instacart, Jet, Sephora, Thrive Market all have formed some types of members-only programs for online shoppers that basically gives you added benefits in exchange for an upfront yearly fee. It's smart because, again, if they can get that initial, if they can get you to pay a monthly fee, it boosts revenues. Um, And it also boosts spending. About 40% of Prime members spend more than $200 on Amazon over a 90-day period compared to 13% of non-Prime customers. So people come back to try to get a greater return on that initial payment. Um, There's a lot of major challenges for retailers operating membership programs. They come with added costs, like sometimes absorbing delivery costs, which may not be easily recouped. Retailers must clear a high bar in order to convince customers that they are offering a service that's actually worth paying for. Um, Free delivery and lower prices are the top benefits retailers have in these membership programs at this point in time. Um, So it's worthy of noting. So the membership model, it's really good for delivery of groceries. Um, And they're trying to tinker a little bit with it on some other issues. you know, Target has a red card that if you hook up your debit card to it, they give you 5% off your order. That's not bad. It's pretty darn attractive for some people. Uh, 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about anything. Uh, Apple reportedly considering teaming up with BMW, taking their i3 and turning it into an electric car. There's been a slew of reports about Apple's interest in the automotive industry. It reportedly has hundreds of employees working on the project, codenamed Project Titan. There's no guarantee that we'll ever see a commercial release, but the Cupertino company, Apple, has clearly increased their interest in the space. Uh, It's already developing an in-car software system for the manufacturers called CarPlay. It hires auto executives pretty aggressively at this point in time with deep experience in vehicular hardware, suggesting that it wants to go beyond just software. They're apparently using the body of an i3, an electric car built by the BMW, as the basis of its own vehicle. No deal has been agreed to upon at this point in time. Um, Tim Cook has gone out to uh, the BMW facilities in Germany. So we know there's something going on there. Uh, 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Let's bring in CFP Chad Burton. Let's welcome in CFP Chad Burton, New Focus Financial. You can find him online at newfocusfinancial.com. He's a financial planner. World of investing can be complicated. Bonds, bond funds, corporate bonds, junk bonds, convertible bonds. It's pretty intimidating stuff. Chad, what do we need to know about funds of bonds? Um. Well, I think the first thing you need to know is that my preferred tactic when it comes to bonds, when interest rates are steady or going down, is to be able to ladder a bond portfolio where you actually can buy individual bonds, especially in retirement. That way you take, you know, if you have 30 to 50% of your portfolio going into bonds, you would take maybe a, you know, ladder it out 
and buy bonds that mature in five years, 10 years, 15 years. And so that every wait, every five years, you have a kind of a tranche of money coming to you that you either use to replenish your safe money or go out longer and get a higher rate of return. That's not where we are in this economic cycle. We're extremely low interest rates, historically low rates. Um, so, and, and bonds are kind of cycling. In other words, a bond might have the highest value prior to, um, you know, being held to maturity. Some of them end up trading at a premium. It's a good time to sell them. So some of the bond managers, some of the no-load and institutional bond funds are a better place to be right now because it is, I think, a much more confusing and tough place to be than the overall stock market. I, I agree with that. I, I, and I think most people in the financial industry agree that bond traders, really good bond traders, tend to be a bit smarter than really good stock traders. I think, um, that's, I think that's true because... I always call the bond market smart, whereas the stock market's kind of reactionary. Yeah. Um, and, and there's just different things that occur in the bond market that you have to keep an eye on versus just, hey, let's analyze the company. Are the revenues growing? Are the profits growing? Things like that. So anyway, so there's, there's you know, bonds that are out there. There's basic bond funds. There's, there's U.S. government bond funds. There's Ginny Mays, which are mortgages. There's corporate bond funds. There's high-yield bond funds, which we all have to remember. Those are called junk bonds, really. That's what they used to be called where they're companies that don't have that great a credit, but now they're just called high-yield bond funds, so everybody's flocking to them because they pay higher rates of return. Well, I remember back in the early 90s when junk bond funds were paying you know, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12%, and now they're kind of at the 5% range. So I think a lot of investors are investing in that area, not realizing some of the risk. Uh, also, a lot of the high-yield or junk bond funds have changed their perspectives to allow them to buy 10 to 20% of the portfolio in stocks. So there's now stocks hiding in some of those bond funds. And a lot of investors don't even know the risk that's inside their portfolio. Um, you know, we have that what is your risk number mm -hmm. in at our website, newfocusfinancial.com. And, and that's kind of a way to start the process of what is your true risk number? What is your risk tolerance when it comes to dollar values and being able to perceive what 10% down versus 10% up really looks like based on your portfolio value, and then we can actually compare it to your existing portfolio. Um, the kind of bonds that I like now are what's called unconstrained bond funds, because the bond market is all over the place, because of geopolitical events, because of currency events, uh, because of mortgage supply and demand. There's different things. Uh, we've even seen short periods of time where, even though there's no inflation right now, where treasury inflation-protected bonds sold off too much and created a value. So we're using some unconstrained bond funds where the manager not only has the ability to kind of go anywhere and find some good deals, but they also have the ability to hedge against interest rates movements. Um, and those tend to not be great for long-term holds, studies have shown. But for periods of kind of sideways moving or increasing interest rates, they can be good. So I look, look at them as maybe three- to five-year holds, for example. I have some of my bond position in global bond funds where they're where, – uh, buying sovereign debt of different nations, and the manager has the ability to decide whether or not they want to hedge against that nation's currency. For example, um, recently, um, you know, we're dating this, recently we were talking about with one of the global bond managers that they think the peso is undervalued, for example. So they're buying some of the uh, bonds from in Latin America, I guess you could say, but uh, also buying the currency there, which is, but in other nations, they don't like the currency because the dollar's going up. So you see what I'm saying, Rob? When it comes to bonds, there's some values around the world, but then you've got currency and political risk. So the bond traders have to be a little bit smarter. They're almost like alternative funds. There's also some, you know, global alternative bond funds. If you look at the bond market 
when we had our debt crisis and kind of what the bond market did with QE, you know, one, two, Operation Twist, or we had quantitative easing, Operation Twist, and basically QE one through what, four, one through infinity maybe. And there was a lot of opportunities that were created in different mortgage bond markets, high yield markets and things like that. And there's some pretty good global alternative bond funds out there as well that are looking at emerging markets in Europe and based on the ECB's quantitative easing approach and saying, we're seeing the same opportunities as we saw in the U.S., so let's go there. Um, so I think that's kind of where we're sitting in the next three to five years. Hopefully one day we get back to the point where I'm telling people to ladder their bond portfolio and buy individual bonds, but I don't think that's where we are right now, Rob. Sounds good. That's everything you need to know about bonds and bond funds. That's CFP Chad Burton, New Focus Financial. You can find him at newfocusfinancial.com. Microsoft is starting to roll out Windows 10 starting on Wednesday of this week. Will it go smoothly? Um, It's a new operating system. It boasts cross-device compatibility. It's going to span from PCs and game consoles to smartphones and tablets. Um, They just ended their year with a pretty good quarter last uh, week. We heard from them. The PC is slowing down. They're going to be giving Windows 10 away for free if you have Windows 7 or 8. Going to be interesting to see if it even moves the needle. Fifteen years ago, that would have moved the stock big, but not so much today. The Federal Communication Commission, the FCC, approved AT&T's $49 billion uh, acquisition of DirecTV. Approval was the company's biggest hurdle in completing the deal. The FCC has set some conditions on the approval, which includes AT&T agreeing to expand its fiber internet connection to 12.5 million customers within four years. Amazon had a spectacular week last week. Um... And again, they keep coming up with new ideas. They're starting. They're going to roll out drive-through groceries in the Bay Area. Interesting. Not maybe for me, but for others who are younger than me. Interesting. Pandora seemed unbothered by the release of Apple Music. Their shares up 14%. It reported second-quarter earnings that surpassed analyst expectations. Is there a world that has enough space for, for Pandora in it with Spotify and Apple Music? I used Apple Music over the week, last week, and it's got some pluses, um, but it definitely has some minuses, too, that I, uh, they've, they've had some problems with it, to say the least. I know that uh, one reviewer put his whole catalog of music into Apple Music, his catalog, the stuff that he had previously bought and paid for, and when he decided to delete Amazon Music off his phone, it took all of his music with him. So he's a little bit upset about that, as you can well imagine. Apple is going to start selling their watch in Best Buy. Apple Watch has slowly seeped into the market space. It's uh, released earlier this year. The uh, company started shipping its watch to customers in April, but only started selling the device in physical stores in June. The slow sales of Apple Watch cast a shadow over their report last week. Uh, it was a good report. It wasn't you know, great as far as expectations were going, but it was good minus expectations. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Find me online at robblack.com. Don't forget, i got a seminar coming up this Thursday in Los Gatos on income and retirement. Sign up at robblack.com. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money 
on AM 1220 KDOW and iHeart Radio Station. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about. Thanks for listening to the show. Thanks for supporting the show. Thursday night, big event coming up in Los Gatos. It's Whole House Hotel, uh, building a retirement portfolio that lasts. It's, I'm not going to say seriously, one of my biggest concerns I have in the world, but it's, it's up there. Um, I know I'm only going to work probably another 10, 15 years, most. And then I have to live off that, what I've accumulated. Maybe I'll only work five more years or two more years. But that's also another fear that I have is retiring a little bit too early. Things cost more in retirement. My mom lives in a retirement home, and uh, you know we just got her this year into it. Uh, it ain't cheap being single and you know 80. It ain't cheap. It's expensive. It's real expensive. So she doesn't work, and certainly her outflow <clears throat> is costing more year over year. So there's inflation in how much she gets and the costs. So I, that's, I don't want you to be that person. When I'm 80, I might be in a home. You know, my mom's had a couple strokes. My dad died early. I may not live as long. But with that said, uh, the partner might. And the partner may need income to last 90 or to 100. Um, today started off with a big whimper. And what I mean by that, Chinese stocks got decimated to the tune of 8.5%. That's a pretty big down move, and that scares a lot of people. It scares a lot of people. You know, when you see carnage like that, like if you were to say your home's going to go down 8.5% in one day, you'd be like, whoa. In the stock market, energy stocks, industrials, materials, healthcare, tech, telecommunications, in China, they all were down 8%. Utilities down 7.6%. Um, and that's the outperformer. Like, whoops. Uh, China's stock market is problematic. Uh, their switch from communism to capitalism is going to be bumpy. In the long run, it should pay off. I don't trust a lot of the Chinese information that comes out on their economy. Uh, because as a communist state, they're very secretive. And to this day, they still seem to be very secretive. So China's switching from a manufacturing economy, trying to get more of a consumer-driven economy, like the United States has. Um, we'll see. But when Chinese stocks go down, it's bad for the world because Chinese, Chinese consumers are seeing their stock market and potentially gains wiped out. And a lot like you, you know, we live paycheck to paycheck when there's a, a major recession or there's a depression or there's a stock market crash. People, you know, get like, maybe I shouldn't go to Hawaii this year. Maybe I should just go to, you know, Southern California. And maybe instead of flying, maybe I should drive. Other big stories of note today. Apple Watch to be sold at Best Buy stores starting in August. That's not great. That's not great. It's telling you that Apple, they're trying to expand the channel of retail before the holiday season. Apple, for their part, will tell you it's great and that, you know, nothing's wrong. One month after starting selling Apple watches at their own stores. It's going to be starting to roll out the device in August to Best Buy. Um, it's a big win for Best Buy. They're not going to get that $10,000 gold case model, but others, and they're going to sell, you know, the soft, uh, not software, but the bands as well. 
company started shipping watches to customers on April 24th, and they didn't roll out to their own stores until June. They kind of missed out on that big hype time um, where people stand in line and get it the day of. Tim Cook said that a report that claims watch sales were slowing was absolutely false. Uh, I don't know. Ant-Man maintained the top spot at the box office, with the Walt Disney film collected an estimated $24.8 million, pulling it up to over $106 million. Um, but the big story of the movie weekend was Sony's Pixels, which is Adam Sandler's latest bomb and flop. came in with $24 million. It reportedly cost somewhere between 88 and $110 million to make. The vintage characters of like Pac-Man and Donkey Kong just didn't jive with movie audiences. Year-to-date, the movie box office is up 8.9%. Very interesting. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Side little note out today. Uh, Netflix talked about how their DVD business is still thriving. Isn't that interesting? Because every story we do, we talk about um, streaming. Streaming to millennials, cutting the cord and cable. People are still doing the DVDs. Deal-making among drug makers took a big boost today on a Monday, a merger Monday, when we saw Myelin Labs. Um, shares tanked after Teva Pharmaceuticals dropped its bid for Myelin. Myelin had been pushing back on the takeover from the start and said it's planning to make a deal of its own by store-branded drug maker Perigo. Teva and Allergan are teaming up. Allergan is selling them their generic businesses, uh, making Teva a really big international player. So the movie is expected to allow the maker of Botox to focus more on its branded drug business. Um, Allergen also has a product that it's an injectable, and it gets rid of your thick, uh, <clears throat> your double chin. And they're expected, you know, that's what it's only approved for, but a lot of uh, uh, doctors might use that injectable to get rid of, like, maybe a little flabby around the arms and flabby around the cheeks or what have you. So... We'll see. I think, uh, obviously, people are going to be vain for the rest of our the world, as long as we have a world. And uh, Teva's and uh, Allergen, not bad ideas. Teva, very big generic player. And as Affordable Care Act continues to roll out and as world's populations continue to age, you can see how that plays out. Don't forget, i got a big seminar coming up this Thursday night. I'd like to see you out there. It's a great way of supporting me. 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about money, investing, and more. The big event is at the Toll House Hotel in um, Los Gatos. It's from 630 to 9. It's all about making an income to last through retirement. You can sign up for the event at robblack.com. That's this Thursday at robblack.com. Views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of the Wall Street Business Network, this station, its management, owners, or advertisers, and should not be construed as legal, tax, or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. Flynn. 
deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.